Hello, I'm Tanya Flores, and this is a show from UTSA Social Work brought to you by Cultural Competency. In today's episode, I will dive into what my co-host and I learned about the intersectionality of being Muslim and ethnicity. We also learned a lot about the intersectionality of being a Muslim female. Unfortunately, my co-host Kyo Young Park is not able to join us for today's episode, but I will be sharing some of the key points that we learned together by interviewing two different Muslim women who served us as guides into the religion of Islam and how they navigate life in the United States. According to the Pew Research Center, about half of Muslims living in the U.S. said that they have experienced recent discrimination. So one of the questions that we asked our interviewees was if they had been a victim of discrimination in the United States due to being Muslim. My interviewee, that I will refer to throughout the podcast as H.A., said that yes, she has been discriminated against. I asked her to describe the incident to me, and these were her words. remember is when I worked at the mall which wasn't really that long ago um, I basically was working at a stand in the middle of the mall and there was this smell of weed around I didn't know where it came from but it smelled really awful and then like white kids kind of passed by me and they and they said in a very loud voice oh that smells like a Muslim and I was like the only Muslim girl around so it's like I know he meant it towards me but I just let it go unfortunately H.A. had many other examples of ways that she and her family have been victims of discrimination H.A. is a college graduate who double majored in biology and sociology and she wants to apply to dental school she was born in Jordan and her dad is from Syria Her mom is from Palestine. She and her family came to the United States when she was 10 years old. They all became naturalized U.S. citizens. When you talk to H.A., she sounds like your typical American young woman. The reason why she sounds this way is because she is your typical American young woman. The only difference is her religion. Young's interviewee, who I will refer to as WA, belonged to the other half of Muslims that have not been victims of discrimination. WA is a middle-aged married woman who also completed a college education and vocational training. She moved to the United States from Pakistan. When Kiyong and I sat down and talked about our interviewee's different experiences with discrimination, what we discussed was that HA wears a hijab and WA does not. One of our questions asked to our interviewees was if Muslim women are more likely to be discriminated than Muslim men. H.A. said yes, definitely. She feels this and she says it has a lot to do with the hijab. She said that the hijab makes women more identifiable as Muslim. Without having to exchange a single word, one can tell a Muslim woman in a crowd. 
Kyoyoung and I think that this might be why HA, who wears a hijab, has experienced more discrimination compared to WA, who does not wear one. According to the Pew Research Center, 8 in 10 Muslim women, or about 83%, say there is a lot of discrimination against Muslims, compared with the smaller share of men who say this, about 68%. When I asked H.A. if being from Jordan affected her experience as a Muslim woman in the United States, she said she doesn't think so, because most people outside of the Islam religion do not ask her what country she's from. She says discrimination is clearly based on her religion and not her country of origin. She feels that people see different Middle Eastern countries as one big country. Despite Muslims existing in just about every country in the world, the times that she has been discriminated, it's been by total strangers that do not know where she's from, where she was born, or where she grew up. But they only notice her hijab. She says her mom has the same experience, and her mom was born in Palestine. Um, she attributes this to misconceptions that people have about Muslims, or the way that Muslims have been portrayed in the media in the past years. H.A. shared something that I thought was very noteworthy. She expressed that she holds dual citizenship in the United States and in Jordan. In the United States, she's had incidents at the airport in Minnesota where her and her family get randomly selected for searches. But when H.A. travels to Jordan, she prefers to use her Jordanian passport. The times that she has used her U.S. passport to enter Jordan she gets treated rudely by the airport staff. In fact, when she's in Jordan, she has to be careful not to speak English or people try to take advantage of, of them and overcharge them for goods or services. So despite having dual citizenship, H.A. feels that she can't always be herself in both countries due to biases and discrimination. Some of the biggest aha moments that we had during this interview is that wearing a hijab is empowering to some Muslim women, and that wearing one is also empowering to some. What we learned from HA and WA is that there is mutual respect among Muslim women, whether they wear the hijab or not. I found this really amazing because I've seen examples where women of different races social classes or religions will tear each other down and this was not the case in the religion of islam ha said that she believes some women choose not to wear the hijab because they might have been targeted by discrimination or they would prefer to avoid being targeted and that's okay we also learned from a youtube video found by my co-host kyo young that some muslims are very devout in practicing islam and there are some that are not just like in any other faith. That was a huge aha moment for me because I had the misconception that being Muslim included very strict practices. But people choose how they want to practice and their involvement, just like with any other religion. 
I think some important points to keep in mind as future social workers is a Muslim client can be from any country in the world and they can have different levels of commitment to Islam just like any other faiths. Also, be mindful not to put a Muslim client in a box just like we would avoid doing to any other client and accepting them and respecting them. If you see any act of discrimination and you're in a safe position to intervene, do so. Be an ally like you would to any other targeted population. And direct advice from one of our interviewees to social workers is, and I quote, Muslims are people like any other human being. Their belief should not affect how social workers help them. If anything, we all just want to be respected like anybody else. Respect our beliefs and don't judge us based on them. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you will join us for our next one. Thank you to all our listeners.